Hey everyone, I'm Eric Peckham, and this is the Monetizing Media Podcast. My whole focus is breaking down business opportunities across media, entertainment, and gaming. I'm joined by a leading entrepreneur, executive, or investor in most episodes to share tactical insights about the strategy of their company, an investment thesis they have, or topics like business models, pricing, and creating loyal fans. My guest today is Adriana Hopenbrauer, the co-founder and commercial director at The Fabricant, an Amsterdam-based company that is one of the leaders in a new crop of digital fashion houses. The Fabricant designs 3D virtual clothing to be worn by people's avatars online. Their team has partnered with brands like Puma, Adidas, Buffalo, Atari, Off-White, Rag and & Bone, and many more, in addition to releasing their own original designs. Well, Adriana, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to chat today. You know, The Fabricant is at the intersection of several big trends. Um, you know, I want to dig into avatars. AI, gaming, non-fungible tokens. Um, you guys are right at the intersection of, of several of these. So excited to, to get your perspective. At a high level, let's start with the question of your vision, right? What does the fabricant look like as a business in eight or so years? Yeah, I think uh, start from where, what's, what is, has been driven us up until now. We started in 2018 and we call ourselves a digital fashion house. And, uh, and back then, um, there was not a very good understanding of what that was. <laughs> and if anything, people thought, yeah, yeah, right. And, uh, and the beautiful thing is that right now there is a very good understanding of what that is, because I think the digital space and the understanding of the digital possibilities has grown so much in the last uh, one year or two. And, and we believe that uh, we're going to still be a digital fashion house in eight years from now. We just feel that the utility of digital fashion is going to be even broader than it is right now. And what I mean by utility is that, uh, as you said, there are quite a few macro trends happening. And when we start the company, we said we are starting the company for, for a future that is going to materialize in 10 years from now in a mass way. And we strongly believe that at one stage, our realities are going to be augmented and our fashion wardrobe, we have a high percentage of augmented uh, dresses and, and, and fashion. Uh, and that belief comes from two things really the fact that right now from an average wardrobe only 30 percent of the wardrobe is used and 70 percent was either used once or never right so it's quite interesting uh, so we feel that 70 percent will be digital very soon and you're yeah. going to have a very limited wardrobe that, the that other breakdown sounds accurate for me, maybe during quarantine, it's more like 10% that gets worse. Exactly. <laughs> I think during quarantine is even less. Uh, but the other thing that is that is maybe more philosophical, but certainly more exciting, is uh, is the fact that uh, we, buy, we buy fashion for two reasons, right? We buy to protect our bodies, which is a very functional reason. Uh, but the reason why we truly buy fashion is to express our identities and to express mm -hmm. ourselves. And, and why do we want to express ourselves? Because we want to create tribes and we want to belong and we want to create social networks of lookalikes. And, uh, and when we look at it in 2018 with that philosophy, we said, but hang on, we are already expressing ourselves, creating social networks, creating belonging in the digital space. Why this fashion is to be physical to exist, right? If yeah. most of the time we're self-expression is actually not in the physical space. 
so that was like the again the the beginning of the fabricant with that philosophy and it's the philosophy that is still valid and is gonna only gonna get bigger uh, and broader yeah. to a point that we believe that digital fashion is going to be more valuable as an industry than physical fashion wow well I'm, I'm excited to get into more details on the product but i guess um to give us a sense as we go forward as a fashion house obviously the fabricant has a very particular style or brand identity that it's going for what is your distinct style that will differentiate the the digital clothing you guys create yeah i think it's i think is one is a style and i could say we have the fabricant brand and has a very clear design ethos which are anchored with uh, you know inspired asian and ancient uh, cultures and 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 also very much uh, what we're calling degendered so uh, you know blurring genders but also blurring the limits of physicality so that is like the fabricant label but i think what distinguishes ourselves is that um, we are more than just our label we we see ourselves as a play in the ecosystem and we believe that this ecosystem that has been created where you know the blockchain movement is a good representation is, is a decentralized cooperative movement whereby we believe that uh, digital fashion will exist in a highly collaborative space and we have been doing that. We, 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 we have been walking the talk uh, for already quite some time, but most recently we came out with, with quite a few iterations of that when we had, last year, we partnered with Atari, the, game, the, the gaming brand, and we created a digital-only collection, the Fabricant Atari, and we mm -hmm. sold it in blockchain. And you could use that collection in, uh, in a game or you could dress your, your picture with that. Uh, in January, we launched a, a collaboration with Buffalo London, the shoe, whereby you bought a digital-only shoe and you could dress your picture with it, right? So, so we believe that that is the that is the beauty of the day of today. Is that collaboration is quite core to to what we believe in, is core to what we operate, and uh, and can be collaboration with brands, can be collaboration with creators. I think that is the space we would like to nurture fashion that is more collaborative, more democratic more sustainable and more creative. Yeah. And so um, to get into the, I guess, technical understanding here, if I'm buying a piece of digital clothing from the fabricant, what exactly am I receiving? Is this a, a kind of a file with a 3D rendering of an item and I can use it however I want? Are there restrictions on how I use yeah. it? Yeah. Right now, Actually, it depends where you buy it and who you are, I would say, you know, is uh, and that's, that is, again, that's the, the beautiful thing about the media. There is so much utility that can be created. And, and there are, right now, there are really four types of utilities. One, you are a creator. You actually create fashion or you are very interested in creating digital fashion. You can buy our files as a white canvas for your own creativity, right? So you kind of, as if you would buy patterns from, you know, old fashioned pattern books, you can, you can see our files as that if you're creative. Um, then the second use case is you just love to express yourself in social media and you can buy our items to dress your picture or to create a, an AR layer that you actually create content with. That's the second use case, right? And then in that case, you are digital fashionista, as you call them. You can be a gamer and you can buy it for a game or in a game. Uh, so we have a few of our items in Sansar now, which is a, which is a virtual uh, space. 
the, the collaboration we did, did with Atari took it into the gaming space. And we believe that that is a, you know, that's going to grow more and more as there are more and more open gamings uh, being generated, or at least the understanding of, of the ability and the, and the interest to purchase assets that you can take with you and that there is a um, validity and value beyond just the, the one game. So I think that's the, the, the third use case. And the fourth use case is, uh, is the collectibles one, right? There is where NFT right now is really hot. Um, but we believe that NF, NFIT is actually really interesting, but blockchain is a, it will be just the underpinning of everything. So, so we believe that um, right now, you know, blockchain is very much associated with NFITs and collectibles. But we actually believe that uh, uh, blockchain is just the enabling technology for digital fashion to exist and be able to have so many use cases and, and, and value. Yeah. And, and um, for your team, what software are you using to create digital clothing? Is this Clo, which I think is popular for designs broadly in the fashion industry or something else? Yeah. Our, our designers love Clo. So we use Clo 3D. That's that's very much like uh, our tool. Uh, but we also use uh, other other visual effects tools depending on uh, on again the utility and the project. So uh, we can be using um, Cinema 4D. Uh, we can yeah there is there are, there are quite a few that we play with. Um, on the fashion development, Clo is our yeah is our main tool. Gotcha. Um, and, and in terms of how I would actually wear a piece of clothing that I've bought. Maybe let's leave the use case of, kind of within games through partnerships aside. If I you know, just want a, a photo of myself to appear with that item on it or you know, an avatar somewhere else, what do I have to do to get the piece of clothing on me? Is there a simple way for me to do that if I'm non-technical or does it require some technical skills around photo editing? No, absolutely. I think like, well, if you, if you want to edit your photo, that uh, be my guess is also nice, but uh, no, absolutely. So on the Buffalo, for example, Buffalo London, we partner with uh, DressX, which is uh, uh, one of our partners and they are marketplace that they dress pictures with digital items. And it's super cool oh, because they, um, you know, I think they're very much in the beginning of, of uh, what will be um, a very common use case uh, as technology gets better. And they do it pretty much manually right now. So it's, uh, you know, it's true photo craftsmanship, you could say. Uh, but you can also use it as an AR layer, which is also like uh, another tool um, that uh, that we are playing with. And uh, and it can can have really nice results as well. Yeah. And, and in a platform partnership or gaming partnership like you have with Atari, I imagine, um, they have a, a tool they've built that takes the fabricants item of clothing and turns it into a, a digital asset within their games. Yeah. So there, there are a few ways to go about it. Um, one way is, is the way we did with, uh, with Atari and, and it was a collaboration with Atari, with engine and with Ebola, which is also a game. And, and basically we create the items and you bought them into in, in, uh, in engine, which is a, a crypto marketplace as an NFT. And, uh, and you, put them in your wallet and then you open your wallet in a game, in a crypto game, right? Uh, so that is how the user did the work. Let's put this one. And that's how it was transportable. It's it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's also really 
cool to visualize that you actually have your clothes in your little wallet, your little suitcase, <laughs> and yeah. you open somewhere else in another space, right? Yeah. Digital clothing obviously frees you from a lot of the constraints of physical fashion design and, and materials. I'm interested, what are the features you found popular in creating digital clothing that couldn't exist in physical fashion? Yeah, I think I think you nailed in the sense of um, there are no boundaries of physicality, right? Um, it's kind it kind of defies the preconceptions of the fashion industry in in many ways. Um, gender, size, uh, shape. Uh, but what we love is just the ability to create anything. Like uh, the Buffalo shoe was a shoe in, on flames. You would never have a shoe on flames <laughs> in reality, right? Uh, Hopefully not. Just, just to give an example. <laughs> but the other, so that is like more, you know, materials and, 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 and indeed I can wear water as a dress. It's a material that doesn't exist in physicality, right? Uh, but I can also, um, yeah, fashion show in 3D, you don't need to walk a catwalk because why would you, right? You can swim in the, you can swim in the air or I, you can do whatever you want. So yeah. I think that there is that aspect that just like the, the imagination is your limitation. The other aspect that we really like is the ability to collaborate. Um, and one of the platforms that we are super excited about is Async Art, where actually you can collaborate with artists and each artist owns a layer of the product. And how cool is that, right? That uh, you can actually co-create and, uh, and not only co-create with different artists, but actually the the piece can evolve over time. So if you bought a piece of clothes that was co-created by four different people and each of them has a piece and a layer and tomorrow they decide to change the color of their layer, your the piece you bought will change color, right? Yeah. So it's it's, wow. it's like it's it's super dynamic, but you can also make things that grow. So you know you can make things that disappear, like you can buy yeah. a dress that is has a mushroom effect and it's going to start molding and decay, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, or not? Or imagine something uh, that's that responds to its environment in some way. Exactly, responds to its environment or transforms itself. Um, so I think, like when again, we one of the collections we did, which was super interesting, we used artificial intelligence, and our designer used a, a piece of code to map several um, pictures of fashion shows, and that AI gave an output or something super crazy, which was her inspiration mm -hmm. to develop her collection. Right. So that's an, another angle that uh, kind of just uh, sparks creativity in new directions that uh, that are not the common ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how many um, items of digital clothing is the fabricant making? Is this a relatively small number of, of kind of expensive or, or kind of highly promoted items? Or are you guys um, I don't, you know, creating new designs every day that are going onto a marketplace? Yeah, so we, we, we create every, designs every day pretty much. But we, we do, uh, I think we position ourselves as true craftsmanship. So it's, it's like we call ourselves thought couture to play a bit with haute couture, with thought couture. <laughs> but yeah, there is a lot of craftsmanship that comes in and uh, and it can take weeks to, to create the item. Uh, but uh, we we drop every week an item uh, and actually our ambition is to drop more often. 
Um, and one of the things that we start doing, which, which is actually super fun, um, is every Friday we have a Twitch stream and we design live. Our designers are designed live. And, uh, and we're designing what we're going to drop. And, uh, and the reason we are doing it is because uh, we, we really want to promote the digital fashion as a new craft. And we want to, to have a new community emerging of digital fashion designers because that is what the industry we need, right? I think we're yeah. going to have a, an explosion of demand faster than explosion of supply because mm-hmm. the craft is, is not yet to its full potential, right? Uh, uh, fashion schools are still very traditional. Uh, the fashion market is still very traditional. They need to transit very quickly to this new digital space because the demand is going to is going to accelerate tremendously. Yeah, in in terms of that demand expanding, one of the things that I I think about here is a barrier is at least in the use case of games, which is the biggest industry right now where people do buy digital clothing, right? All sorts of in-game purchases, skims, etc., is pretty much all games are closed platforms, right? They don't allow outside assets to be imported in and and used as um, in-game items. Is that something you think is going to change in the next few years where they open up more or there's some sort of interoperable standard? Or um, is that less important in your vision of how digital clothing expands? So I think if you if you look at triple A, they are closed. But uh, but actually, if you look, use it number, if you look at numbers of games, they are quite. There's a high percent that is open, right? The indie games and there are marketplaces that actually sell assets for games already. Roblox is a great example that is actually a, a very community-driven gaming and development. And I think the Roblox model is certainly the one that's going to prevail. Um, where actually there are people that are creating, there are people that are playing, and there are people that are giving tools for the creators to create. Uh, and 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 I think because they are actually they're paving the way for the rest big time with their success as well. Also because the generations of today, and 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 I have I have that uh, you know often that I talk about it because I find it fascinating, but. I think we are in a post-consuming kind of a post-consumerism generation. When you look at Gen Zers and young millennials, they don't want they don't consume anymore. They want to create, right? It's the TikTok generation. Why TikTok is so popular? Because they're giving you tools to be creative, and some of those creators monetize their creativity. And I think the models that are going to remain are models that allow to that are brands environments that gives tools for people to create, to be part of the economy. And some people will want to monetize that. Um, and some will just want to you know, be part of it as an active uh, player, observer. Uh, and I think that, that will, will get into the game industry as well. So that's one. It's already getting. The other thing that, uh, that uh, I think is very promising is every time I hear uh, the CEO of, uh, of Epic talking and talking about the metaverse, and Epic Bing is still... You know, with Fortnite, a very good example of a very, very close ecosystem, right? But they just opened and and opened that creators community where people can start actually building in Fortnite. Uh, so they're starting to open because they see they they can't keep it closed anymore, and uh, and the vision is that an open metaverse, right? Um, so I think that will happen. Like is. That said, it's easier said than done that uh, one piece of clothes I can put in Fortnite and I can put in League of Legends. That's not the case because the definition is completely different. The storytelling is completely different. Right? So 
the a mobile game has a very different op file optimization than uh, a console game. So all of that is still to, to happen. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and a lot will be manual <laughs> in the very beginning, but it will happen. You yeah. know, we I, have to be pretty convinced about it. Yeah. I, I'm curious just to better understand the business of the fabricant right now. Is Is most of your business from sales of items to consumers or um, is it from brands partnering with you and and kind of paying because they want to establish a presence in digital fashion at, you know from a promotional standpoint yeah yeah so we have two business models indeed like most of our revenue comes from brands who are paying to actually embrace the 3d space mm -hmm. uh, in, in several forms you know um, we call it like the service house uh, it can be that we digitalize existing assets for digital showrooms, for example, because uh, with the photo real creations. So that is a, that is like on the service house business model. And we feel that it's important to take the industry by the hand because at the moment that they start embracing and creating digital assets, and that's what we have been talking since 2018, the moment that you create a digital asset, why do you stop in your showroom? You know, take it further, you know, make it, make it have life beyond the physicality. And now they're starting to understand. It's super exciting to see how many brands that we worked with in, in again, in, in a very uh, good use case for them, digitalize the supply chain. Now it's saying like, oh, you know that th those clothes that you did to me, can I put it in the game? Can I, can I do this? Can I do that? What? Tell me about that NFT thing. Uh, and it's a journey. And, and I think it's super exciting that the, the industry is starting to open up for that, right? Gucci just dropped the digital only shoe, which is super cool. Um, so I think that is just like, again, stage on the journey, uh, right now that is like most of our revenue is collaborations with brands is servicing brands, but we believe that the biggest growth potential is on the digital only assets. And we start mm -hmm. to seeing those revenues and not only the revenues, but the collaborations, the interests actually raising by the day. Yeah. In terms of creating scarcity around the clothing items, um, you create is is that important to you and the business right now or do some of these brands you're working with not want that they want there to be kind of you know, infinite supply of the items of clothing they've created with you out there yeah it's a very good question we, we, we have a lot of philosophical discussions about it recently um we do believe that that scarcity generates value at the current moment in time and I think the next layer that will generate value is, is the ability to create and co-create. Right? Yeah. Uh, and that is where we're having a lot of philosophical discussions because maybe you have, let's call it a white canvas products that are evergreen and the value is that you, they are open for you to create and change colors, change patterns, change textures, you know, do crazy stuff. Um, but there are items that are one of a kind of hundred of a kind or, or time bound you can you know you can have them within a week but afterwards it disappears right yeah. and uh, in, you know and the cool thing is that uh, we're we're observing being part of a lot of these models in the nft marketplaces which still you know to a large extent so there's art but it's, it's starting step by step to transforming beyond beyond collectibles and having also utility as i mentioned like the engine is a good example uh, and uh, and it's super interesting to see all the business models that are emerging and which ones are actually working, which ones are not working, 
and how they are going to then, you know, materialize in the space that we are pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. How do you price a, a piece of digital clothing? Obviously, it doesn't have the material costs and, and you know, kind of distribution costs, et cetera, of, of physical clothing. Is this, I don't do you benchmark it around the price of, of designer clothing in the real world? Or how do you come up with the, the different prices for different items? Yeah. So we we had quite a lot of research done on this one, and uh, and again depends on the utility. I would say it's not it's not a simple answer, um, because because the utility, like say you, if you buy an item that you have four different ways to wear, there is more value to that. Equally, if you buy an item that is one of a kind, there is more value to that. And I think the stage that we are, it is it is pretty much, we actually what we're playing the most is let the buyer decide. Right. Uh, there is what what people under under appreciate and, and overlook is that um, while there is no distribution production costs, the cost of design and the effort is the same. You know, our designers have co- developed concepts; they sketch stuff all in three D, and they can put a lot of hours developing those items. You know. Um, so I would say the value of creativity and design is the same as a physical item. Yeah. Uh, the cost of going to the consumer uh, did much less. And therefore, when we tell the fashion industry, for those that are kind of a bit more advanced in the thought is, look how fantastic this new business model is for you. It's more profitable, it is more sustainable, and it's more engaging, right? What are you expecting? Yeah. You know, what, what are you, why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? Yeah. And, and when you say um, let the consumers decide the price, is that an auction model often? Yeah, that very, very much an auction model is, uh, is the ones that we, we have been uh, trying most recently. And, uh, and, it's, and it's fascinating because, again, we are learning, as I think everybody's learning in this space. Uh, I think when you are, equally, when you are in a, in a one setting and, because we look at all the different use cases, like in a gaming, kids are prepared to pay 20 euros for Fortnite unique limited edition uh, skin, right? Like 20, 20 yeah. euros. That's significant. That's actually more or pretty much in line with the average price of uh, physical apparel in the world. You know, the average price is $20. So yeah. I think that's, that's kind of pretty shocking. It's only for the duration of a game. Um, yeah. So that's why I'm saying the the NFT space is shaping it very differently because you start seeing the collectors, you start it's it's kind of you know we we all believe it's inflated, but regardless of being inflated, the fact that as of suddenly you can trade it, there is life after buying, right? Uh, you can again have different utility, increase and the risk increase the value model. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think to, to your point around paying 20 euros for a Fortnite skin, right? It's, it's tradable in a way that um, obviously you can trade. There's, there's secondhand marketplaces for physical clothes, but they're at a dramatic discount, right? And, and we view them as kind of dirty or used in a bad sense, which I don't think that psychology carries over to digital clothing. No, it's quite the opposite, right? So it's, it's like uh, it's, it's changing hands and getting more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I'm curious as far as um, bringing digital clothing to different games, partnering with different uh, gaming companies, are you doing any design of new items within certain games in the sense of games where you can't import assets from elsewhere, like that you've created in Clo 3D, um, you know, say Animal Crossing, right? Animal Crossing has tools within it for any player to mm -hmm. design their own clothing items and sell them yeah. to other players. Um, are you doing any designs within the realm of a game like that? Um, not not as the Animal Crossing one because they like they have their own blocks. Uh, we are in conversations with uh, with a few potential partnerships, which would still be our designs, but would need require adaptation to their language. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Um, so let's talk about NFTs a little more. Um, very hyped and in, in, in the news and, and discussion at the moment. Um, how how central are non fungible tokens to the business you're trying to create? Is this a, a key part of having the scarcity and the value around digital clothes? Or it's it's one piece of kind of the ecosystem that's out there, but it's not actually necessary for what you're trying mm -hmm. to do. You know, if you would have asked me one year ago, I would say it is one piece, but probably, you know, we're gonna think about it later. Today, we believe it's fundamental. And uh, and it's fundamental to to the to the digital fashion ecosystem. Not because of the hype, but because of uh, what I said is is the it's the backbone of the ability to generate utility and to generate tradability. Yeah. Um, and therefore, we see it, we see it as a backbone technology, rather than yeah. uh, you know NFT marketplace. Yeah. Talk to me about some of the challenges that are still there for how you're trying to use it. Obviously, you have um, you know this kind of barrier around high gas prices, it can cost a lot of money just to, um, you know, mint a new NFT. Um, there's a whole conversation debate around the ecological impact of anything done on, on blockchain. Um, what are the barriers that you'd like to see addressed to make NFTs more feasible at a mass scale with digital clothing? Yeah, I think the, the most important one is, uh, is the sustainability one first. And uh, and is one that uh, that actually we had to we had to pause and brief and uh, and say do we want to be in this business because mm -hmm. sustainability has been and is so important for us and it requires it, it requires be well informed uh, you know we are we are creative technologists and we believe that we should be using technology to enable this industry to flourish um, and uh, but equally we should be choosing the most sustainable options. So now we are, we're running a big research to, um, to actually inform ourselves what's the most sustainable option. Um, and we would only partner with the most sustainable, um, you know, building our own tech would be with the most sustainable blockchain option out there. Uh, so I think that is going to be super important as, as it yeah. grows. But equally, my answer to that as well, and, and it is a very nascent technology. And every nascent technology is not perfect. It just have to always have critical people to keep driving the agenda to perfect it. And uh, we have been a lot in, in clubhouse talks and, and it's super inspiring to see how the crypto community of artists, uh, buyers actually want it to be sustainable. 
you know, mm-hmm. if anything, it doesn't it doesn't meet the requirements of the community to have something that's polluting, right? So intrinsically, yeah. everybody wants to make it sustainable. So there is enough pressure um, for for the yeah, I would say for the, the the marketplace and the and the and the blockchain providers to actually change their standards to make it more sustainable. Yeah, I guess my last question here. I'm just thinking about the timeline of market adoption here and more people buying digital clothing. Do you see a clear um, waterfall, perhaps, or or rollout in terms of the different? digital mediums where uh, digital clothing becomes popular first like you know there's photos within social apps there's within games within vr you know in the future in ar overlays of people um i'm curious in terms of these different use cases or markets for digital clothing if you see certain ones being the core focus now and that's shifting later yeah so also very good question um So I would answer that the value of digital clothes is understood by people that are in the digital space and are already buying items in the digital space, right? So um, who are they right now? I call them the metaverse citizens because I think gamers is too stereotypy. Uh, but they are gamers. They are people that actually they understand the value of digital assets and they curate the personality in those games, right? And they buy stuff to create their characters. Uh, but gaming gamer is is it it reflects a very different persona, I think, in people's mind than what actual that persona is the day of today. And that's why I like to talk more about metaverse citizens because gamer is uh, is not the right definition. And any and if anything. It's not about game anymore. It's about 3D universe. Like, uh, you know, I don't know if you have been to the Central Land. It's a bit weird, but it's actually super fun at the same time. And people are having meetups in the Central Land. And you have a wardrobe and you can buy clothes to be dressed for the meetups, right? This, this to me, like, uh, you know, is beyond just the competitive element of gaming. It's like just 3D social spaces or 3D experiences, which are emerging where players give value to the way that they they show up. And I think these, these are the early adopters and they are not a small niche, right? It's quite sizable. Um, and then I think the next one will be what we call uh, the more digital fashionistas, which is, you know, in the very social active, creating content like the TikTok generation. And um, the AR layer for fashion has its limitations because the body tracking with movement has its limitations and the clothing, uh, what we call cloth simulation, which the movement of the clothes mm-hmm. has its limitations. But it's, it's going to get there very soon. You know, we are we're involved in all this research as well. And, you know, it's, it's not taking long before it starts getting better and better. And I think it's going to be very widely adopted, just like filters for the face are. Um, but it's, uh, the question there is how are you going to monetize it? Yeah. Because this is distributed by social media platforms that their business model is very different. Right. Um, so I think that is, that is what's going to be the challenge when it gets to that layer. Uh, but I think it's going to get, uh, it's going to get pretty soon. I think both are going to be, uh, very feasible and starting with people that already understand to then people kind of, 
I, I tend to say people that understand the value of assets understand less the value of fashion <laughs> to people that understand <laughs> the value of fa fashion less about the value of digital assets. Well, Adriana, thanks so much for joining today and, and sharing this with us. Yeah, thank you. I hope it made sense. <laughs> yes. No, it, it's it's exciting. We're very much just in the early stages. Yeah, but it's going to go very fast. Very fast, Eric. Watch this space. Thanks for listening to the Monetizing Media podcast. You can join my Monetizing Media newsletter and find other resources, like a database of investors who focus on media and entertainment startups, at monetizingmedia.com.